0: Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. How many of you have started your Christmas shopping? Okay, a few of you, good. Uh, who, who, who will be making a list of gifts that you need to buy and the parties you need to attend and the decorations you need to complete during this message? It's okay. Just, okay, a few of you, all right. Who will try to catch up on some much-needed sleep during the message today? It's okay. All right, some of you missed it. Might as well be honest. No reason to lie in church. We are skilled at multitasking, aren't we? A lot of times our bodies are here, but our minds are somewhere else. I'm not judging, I'm admitting, I do it too. We do several things at the same time, allowing us to be in a lot of different places. Unfortunately, we are rarely fully present in one place. It's interesting, technology has made us more efficient than ever, but less connected more available but less present. How many of you know someone who has a problem being fully present? You don't have to lift your hand on that one because you might be sitting beside that person right now. It's as if they are always looking to be somewhere else. How many of you are that person? You're constantly struggling with being fully present wherever you are. I have been that person for a long time. Always talking with someone but thinking about something else, even reading something and thinking about another thing, constantly worried, you know, am I going to be able to finish this task, get this done, where do I need to go, who do I need to speak with, all those different things. My mind constantly twirling in different places all at the same time, always looking to be somewhere other than where I am at current. It's tough. It's tough. We carry iPhones, Androids, iPads. We use Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, email. We're always there for many people, but rarely here for one. We have a little time for a lot of people, but rarely have a lot of time for a handful of people. We have a thousand friends on Facebook, but only one or two we would trust with a heart. Yet we search, don't we? We search for that relationship that meets our expectation, that friendship that fulfills us. It's one of the reasons. So many of us keep checking our phones, refreshing Facebook all the time. Maybe somebody will send me something that will make me feel as if I matter. We get excited about that notification. We look down at the bottom of our computer screen or on our phone and we see that little red number on Facebook or we see a text has come through and we're like, I wonder who it is. And if we get a private message, we open it slowly because we're like, wow, someone actually thought of me. They're sending me a private message. We're constantly searching for relationship validation. Yet if we're honest, we know the hard truth. We are one small person in a midst of massive group of strangers in this world. And it becomes clear whenever you watch your honest and transparent status update on how lonely you feel or how frustrated you are Or when you post a great question on social media platform and you're hopeful to get some traction, but yet it gets pushed slowly down the page by political arguments and the latest recipe for pot roast. And you're like, wow, do I really matter? Few seem to care about what you say or feel or think. And sometimes it's as if you are trying to get somebody to listen in a room packed with 500 people talking at the exact same time. We are a connected, disconnected society. And then we get into the full swing of Christmas season, and it even gets more trying. Because on top of your already busy, disconnected life, You've got shopping for gifts, not just for your family, but for your friends and for your kids' friends and for teachers and coworkers and some guy whose name you drew and you have no idea what to get him, but then again, you don't even know the guy anyway, so it probably won't matter too much. And then there's parties. You know, the one at your house and the one at your sister's house and then the one at your parents' house and then the one at the office and two at school and then there's church and then there's community group and then the other one that you got to get to on the Wednesday before Christmas for your kids. Expectation, anxiety, pressure. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? And you know what? In the middle of all that, we can't help but think of our family and our friends who are going through some really difficult times right now. Because in this room and watching online and in the service that will come following this one, we've got people who are unemployed, people who are ill, people who are going through marital issues, people who are depressed. Maybe it's your first Christmas without your mom or without your dad. And you look around and you want to help, but you got your own problems and you got your busy schedule. And although you long for connection and friendship and you want to be present for your kids and for your wife and for your community group and for those people who really need you, you just don't know how to get it all done and yet remain fully present during this season. And you wonder if once again you will get to January and you will say to yourself, as you have said to yourself many times in the past, where did this year go? Where did Christmas go? Why did I get so caught up again this year? I told myself last year that I wasn't gonna get pulled into all the stress, and here I am, right in the middle of the wave of stress again. So how do you remain fully present in the midst of everything that's going on? And more importantly, how do you experience God's presence when everything is spinning around you? Is it possible? Well, I want to call your attention to a comment that Paul the Apostle made many years ago. And yet it remains just as fresh as it did when he first penned it. And before we look at it, you need to know that Paul was writing to a group of Christians who were living under difficult circumstances. I mean, life was not easy for these people. And these Christians were trying to do what was right, what was good, what they believed was what God wanted. Yet life was difficult, just like it is for many of you sitting in this room this morning. And we discussed this verse a few weeks ago in our seasons series. So I'm just going to get to it quickly and kind of, you know, jump into it in just a moment. We we'll won't get into the, too many of the details. But here's what Paul says in Galatians 6: He said, "Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest." if we do not give up, Paul encouraged these Christians to not give up. He knew they were being tempted to stop. He knew they were being tempted to throw their hands up and say, you know what, I'm finished with this. I've done all I can do. I'm exhausted from trying to be what everybody needs. I'm exhausted from keeping all the balls You know, in the air, keeping all the plates spinning. I'm tired of holding out hope for a better tomorrow. This is it. There is no better tomorrow. I quit. And Paul says, don't quit. Don't give up. Instead, watch this. This is where I'm going to concentrate. Instead, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Folks, you can't do it all. You can't keep all the balls in the air forever. You can't keep all the plates spinning forever. You can't meet everybody's need. You can't get the schedule done perfectly all the time. You're going to drop a ball here and there. A plate's gonna fall and get broken. You're gonna miss a date. You're not gonna be able to attend a party. You're gonna forget about a particular gift. You're gonna lose a good attitude. You're gonna have some stress during the middle of all the stuff that's going on in this season. But when an opportunity to do good comes along, take it and then in verse 2 up above these verses at the very beginning of this, verse, uh, this uh, chapter Paul says this carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ folks listen to me very carefully there are people struggling around you right now in fact you do not know what the person sitting beside you is actually going through You have no idea, the people behind you and the row in front of you across this room, watching online, why they're not here this morning, why they are looking as downcast as they are. You have no idea what's going on in the background of that person's life. There are people struggling around you. In fact, you might be the person struggling. And Paul tells us, as he told those Christians so long ago, same exact thing he would tell us today, share the burden. Lift up some of the weight of other people's lives. Your schedule's full, their schedule's full. You're trying to get it all done, they're trying to get it all done. Well, Scott, how does this help me in the middle of this Christmas season? Andy Stanley summarized the thought from these two passages like this, and I love this little quote from him. He says, you can't shut it all out, but you can't take it all on. In other words, you can't meet the needs of all people, but you can meet the needs of some people. And this is a tension you and I have to manage every day of our lives, especially during seasons like Christmas. If we do not figure out how to manage this tension, you can't do it all, but you can do some things. You can't meet everybody's needs, but you can meet some people's needs. You can't carry everybody's burden, but you can help share the burden of some people. If we don't figure out how to manage this tension, we will fall into one side or the other. We will shut it all out and become cold and and inaccessible, or we will take it all on and live stressed, anxious lives. So we've got to figure out how to manage this tension so how do we do it well no one did it better than jesus i want to show you a couple of insights from his life one is found in mark 6 i'm going to get to this passage in just a moment let me set it up for you as you know jesus drew large crowds everywhere he went there were people constantly around him they some of them wanted to you know see a miracle some of them wanted good news some of them wanted you know, him to heal them. Some of them wanted to have their bellies filled, hopeful he would multiply bread and fish again. People are always flocking around Jesus. And at times there were thousands of people following Jesus and they pressed upon him so much that he couldn't even get some things done. He had to move himself away from the crowds. Can you imagine living like that? You wake up in the morning and right outside your door are hundreds of people waiting for you to come outside. And they've got needs and they have questions and they're going to follow you everywhere you go. They're going to listen to everything you say. Some people will criticize everything you say. Some people will encourage what you say. But just imagine living your life just surrounded by people all the time. And it seems as if everybody wants a piece of you. Well, that's what it was like to be Jesus or one of his closest disciples. Hundreds of requests were pouring in every single day. So how did Jesus respond? You think your schedule's full? You think you have a lot of things to do you think you have a lot of weight to carry, a lot of balls to juggle, a lot of plates to keep spinning? Just imagine in that particular world, and hundreds, if not thousands, of people are pressing around you all the time, wanting you to meet their individual needs. How did Jesus respond? Watch this. In Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 30, here's what it says, and I'm going to put one particular verse on the screen for you. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Now folks, it would have to be a large crowd to stop some of us from eating, would it not? (laughs) They didn't even have a chance to eat. They were so packed around him, so many needs, so many things going on. They were so packed around him, he couldn't even get a chance to eat. And this is what Jesus says. This is how he responds to the needs of all the people constantly around him. He says to his apostles, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So insightful. Right in the middle of the throngs of people, everybody clamoring to have their needs met, Jesus takes those closest to him and pulls them away from the crowds, finds a quiet place and gets some rest. Let me just tell you something, okay? Something I've learned over time. In the middle of this Christmas season, as we wrap up this year and everybody's gonna be pulling at you, and you're going to get a text. Are you coming to the party? You're going to get an email. Hey, are, did you forget about this? And you're going to get a phone call. And someone at work is going to say, hey, I'd love to have you come next Friday night. And then someone at church is going to say, hey, next Sunday that we're doing this. And then you're going to get something at work. And then your family, then your in-laws, and your parents, and your kids, and your grandkids. And all the different people are going to constantly be pushing around you and wanting you to do this and go here and do this. And look, you know... Christmas season is fun, and there's lots of festivities and lots of, you know, good things that are going on. And we enjoy being around family and friends, but it can get overwhelming, especially if you're going through a difficult time. Especially if you're battling anxiety or you're battling depression or you're battling an illness. Especially if your marriage right now is really at a tough place. Especially if mentally you're just not where you thought you would be. Especially if your relationship is just falling apart in your life. Especially if you're spiritually not where you thought you would be. And other people don't know what's going on inside you. They don't know that you're falling apart. They don't know that your life right now is kind of just cracked and they're trying to pull from you and and get from you. I've learned over time that you're gonna have to choose, choose to stop, walk away from the crowds and get some rest. And that's gonna be a decision you will have to make right in the middle of the busiest time in the ministry of Jesus right in the midst of crowds of people who needed him who wanted him to heal them multiply more bread and fish begin you know bring miracles right in the middle of all these people wanting him to meet their needs he pulled away and got some rest that is the opposite of what we would think would have happened that's not what we're taught in our culture, is it? No, man, you gotta capitalize on when people want you, meet their needs, and, and there's a wave of interest around you, you know, ride that wave as, as, as far as you can and take advantage of the fact that people want your attention, because there's gonna come a day that people aren't gonna want your attention as much, so live in the moment and get all you can out of it. And but in the middle of this, Jesus pulls away and says, you know what, we're gonna get some rest. Right in the middle of the parties and the shopping and the family planning and on and on, Listen to this, listen, listen, listen. You must seek and find a quiet place. It will not find you. It will not find you. Folks, our our culture will pull from you until you have nothing left. If you have a, a free hour, somebody can fill it. If you have a free day, somebody can pack that calendar, can they not? It will not find you. You must find it. You have to find it and you have to get some rest. Jesus modeled compassion, yes, but he also modeled rest. You know what that tells me about God? It tells me that he cares about my emotional and physical health just as much as he cares about my spiritual health. Sometimes some of us have the impression that the only thing that really matters, you know, for for God is just that you're spiritually healthy. No. He wants you physically healthy, mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, relationally healthy, financially healthy, healthy in every single area. He cares about all of that in your life. And if you will pay attention to how he lived and pay attention to what he taught his disciples, you will see all kinds of wisdom just flowing from every single area and teach you how to live a healthy life in all those areas. Man, I wish I had learned this lesson many years ago. If I would have learned this lesson many years ago, I'd be at a different place in so many areas of my life. A different person, both emotionally, physically, spiritually, on and on it goes. It took a long time to figure some of this out. And I still struggle with it. And the only way to develop and maintain physical, emotional, spiritual health is to create, here's a huge word, I'm going to explain it. It's a small word, but we don't understand it very well. We've got to create margin in our lives. Do you know what I mean when I say margin? Dr. Richard Swenson defines margin this way. He says margin is the space between our load and our limits. It is the amount allowed beyond that which is needed. It's the amount you have beyond that which is needed. So you need this amount, but if you have margin, you have this amount. So you stop here and you have margin before you break. It is something held in reserve for unanticipated situations. Margin is the gap between rest and exhaustion. The space, between breathing and suffocating. Some of us sitting in this room have little to no margin. We live our lives basically at our limit. We live our lives beyond what we just need to get by. We push that level. We don't have anything in reserve for those anticipated situations. We are The gap between rest and exhaustion, the space between breathing and suffocating, very little. That's why when one thing goes wrong, it cascades into every area of our life and we fall apart because we don't have enough margin. Our car breaks down, we're in a, we're in a mess. Everything falls apart. One child gets sick and it's a domino effect in our entire life. Everything falls apart. One thing gets canceled, we don't know how to manage it all one unanticipated bill comes our way financially we are in a mess because we live our lives as close to the edge as close to the limit as possible we have no reserve for unanticipated situations and that's why we freak out so quickly no reserve we're pushing the limits on every side emotionally some of us are stripped physically we can't give any more spiritually we don't have enough time to even think about our spiritual lives. We've got to learn how to develop space, empty space, room to breathe, margin. So how do you create margin? Let me give you three big words here. Answering that, would, would it's a whole series in and of itself. But let me give you a few thoughts that I've picked up from some other pastors, leaders, authors along the way throughout the years. Three big words, okay? Number one, admit. You want margin in your life? Admit that everybody wants a piece of you and everybody can't have it. Admit everybody wants a piece of you, but you are a finite resource and you eventually will run out if you do not say no. You cannot make everybody happy. Can I give you a secret? After 32 years of marriage, you can't make your spouse happy. Don't tell Lana I said that. You cannot make your... You're not, even, you're not even supposed to live trying to make your spouse happy. That's a whole other subject. But you can't make the people closest to you happy. What makes you think you're going to make all the people at work happy, all the people at school happy, all the people in church happy? You can't. You don't have enough resources to go around. And everybody will take a piece of you if you keep passing it out. So admit that you're limited to learn Learn how to use the most powerful word in the English language. No. No. Hey, can you come and do this? You know what? I'm not gonna be able to do that right now. Thank you. Will you participate in this? I can't right now. I'm sorry. No. No, thank you. Will, Will you be a part of this? No, I can't. Not right now. But thank you. Now, there's gonna be yeses and are dispersed and all that. But learn how to look at somebody in love, in grace, in compassion, and simply say, no, no thank you. And number three, take. Take control of your calendar or somebody else will. It's your calendar. Every single day you get up, you have a whole new day in front of you. You have a whole week in front of you. You have a whole month in front of you. You set your agenda. You create some margin in your life to rest, to recuperate, to refresh, to think, to become healthy. So the first insight from the life of Jesus is that he pulled away and he found a place to get some rest in the middle of all that's going on right now and all this Christmas season as it's buzzing around us and all the things that's going to be going on over the next 30 days or so. Learn how to pull away and get some rest. One more insight, credible insight from Jesus. Although crowds surrounded Jesus, as many as five to 10,000 at one time, Jesus would often look through the crowds and he would focus his attention on one person. One. Over and over in the life of Jesus, you will see him walk into a crowd of people, heal one person, and walk away. Now, in fact, sometimes as you're following the story, it seems a little unfair. I remember when I first read some of these stories, I thought, I, I don't understand that at all. In fact, a few weeks ago, we were talking through the miracle where the man was at the pool of Bethesda, and Jesus walks to him and says, do you want to get well? And he's like, with Jesus, I'm like, I just don't understand why you didn't go ahead and just give you know, the healing to all the people. But the older I get, the more I understand. A couple of years ago, I referred to Andy Stanley a moment ago in a little quote. I was listening to one of his messages and he was talking about the growth at their church in Atlanta, and all the different people coming through the doors, and the hundreds of different needs that would walk through on a Sunday morning as they had thousands of people there. And then he said something that didn't sit well with me when I first heard it. I remember taking notes when he was speaking, and I thought, I don't know about that. I'm not really sure about that. That doesn't sit well with me, but I'll chew on it for a little while. And here's I'm paraphrasing kind of his words. He said, the needs of the people can be overwhelming but you can't allow them to overwhelm you or you will be ineffective. I thought, okay, I'm tracking with that. That makes sense. And then he said this, and I picked this principle up years ago. I've been trying to follow it a lot more in my life ever since. He said, do for one what you wish you could do for all. Now, my first reaction was, that's not fair. You, You can't just choose one person and meet his or her needs and not meet everybody else's needs. If you do for one, you have to do for all. That's just not fair. And that was coming from, uh, from the way that I had been conditioned. I thought I had to spread everything out evenly and everybody gets, you know, the exact same. Remember when you were in school? Some of you remember way back when you were in school. You had to go to the bathroom. You'd raise your hand and say, can I go to the bathroom? And the teacher would say, you know, something along the lines, well, if I let you go, I'd let everybody go. And you're like, no no, 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 you don't. Like right now, I gotta go. You don't have to let anybody else go. I just need to go to the bathroom right now. If you don't mind, just let me go because right now I'm the one that's in need. It comes from that kind of if I let you, then and then everybody else. Look, you you will not be able to meet the needs of all the people around you. It's impossible. You are limited, and your resources are limited. Here's what I know about you. Okay. If you could you would meet the needs of all people. I think that's in your heart. I think that's who you are. In fact, I think if you had the resources and you had the time and you had unlimited wealth and time and energy, you would line people up all across our church, all across our city and our schools, and you would meet every single individual need if you possibly could. That's what I would. If, If I had the ability to meet everybody's needs, I would meet every single person's needs. I'd build new homes for people, start new businesses for people, on and on. But we can't meet everybody's needs. That's reality. I know that, you know that, and that's okay. We're not designed as individuals to meet everybody's needs. You and I are not designed or expected to meet everybody's needs. You are limited, your time is limited, your resources are limited, you can't do it all. Therefore, you must use your time and resources wisely. We just talked about that a moment ago, creating margin, creating... Having the resources, but often we don't use them wisely. Here's what we do. All right, I'm gonna help you with this. We take a hundred dollars and we try to be fair. So we spread it out to 10 different charities. That way, everybody gets 10 bucks. Nothing wrong with that. But here's what I've learned over time Imagine the difference you could make if instead you took the hundred dollars. And you, along with a few hours of your time in the life of one child invested it. One single mom, one middle school student, one single father. You and I can't meet the needs of everybody, but you and I can meet the needs of one person. So rather than looking at the mass of people standing off at a distance, look at one person Standing closest to you. And try to meet that person's needs. Do for one what you wish you could do for all. Because if you could, you would meet the needs of all the people, but you can't. But you can meet some of the very specific needs in the life of one person. So let's put this together, okay? Come away from the busyness that's swirling around you. Choose to rest Sit in his presence and be fully present in the life of one person. So ask and answer these questions, okay? How can I get some rest? And what can I do for one person? When you find that quiet place, that place of rest, listen, listen carefully and in that moment when you're resting, take some time away from all the business and say, God, I can't be everywhere that everybody wants me to be. I can't go to every party. I can't buy all the gifts. I can't show up and be fully present in the lives of all the people who want me to be. So God, speak to me in this quiet moment and show me the one person that I can make a difference in. Show me the one person that I can pour some time into this season. Show me the one person that I could dedicate maybe a couple of hours to that one person or that one person that I could meet the needs by buying that particular gift for them. Help me be fully present in the life of one person rather than a little present, spread out thin in the lives of a 100 different people. And if you will listen, if you will listen, and you're still unsure of what you should do, just pick somebody. That's what I've learned, just pick somebody, it doesn't matter. Just pick somebody who has a need and meet that need in that person's life. Do for one what you wish you could do for all. And as you're searching, let me give you some thoughts here, okay, real fast. One, come away from the busyness swirling around, choose to rest, sit in his presence and be fully present in the life of someone else. Here are three big thoughts. One, Think deep rather than wide. Meet with one person and listen to them. Listen to their story. Hear their heart. Think long-term rather than quick. Follow up with that person. Learn her name. Call her. Visit her. Build a relationship with that one person. And think time, not money. In America, Preston mentioned a moment ago how we spend billions of dollars in weight loss, we always think money, 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 money. Folks, sometimes it's not money that you need to give to someone, it's time. It's a conversation. It's a cup of coffee. It's sitting and listening to their story. It's, a gift card won't cut it. They're nice, you know, kids appreciate it, but an hour of one-on-one time with one person may accomplish more than a $50 gift card to Walmart or somewhere else. So think time, not money. This strategy will move us past generic needs in the lives of hundreds of people and help us to meet specific needs in the lives of one person. This will allow you to stay committed long enough to make a difference. Folks, sometimes the greatest contribution is that you keep coming back over and over again in the life of a person. You don't quit, you stay committed. You think time, not money. You think long-term, not quick. You think deep rather than wide and you make a difference in their lives. All right, turn that down just a little bit. We can't shut it all out, but we can't take it all on either. So find a quiet place in his presence, rest and walk out of his presence to do for one, what you wish you could do for all. So the question I have for you as we wrap up today is who is the one? Who is the one in your life? Who is that single mom struggling this year to put a few gifts under her tree and you could meet that need? Who is the one kid that needs your time, your attention, your love, and you could meet that need? Who is the coworker that's struggling with this year because this is the first year without his wife? And you could help meet that need. Who is the friend who is sick? Who is the one who has a specific need in his or her life and you could take the time and invest and do it? Do it for the one. If you could, what would you do for every single mom? Do it for one. If you could, what would you do for a person who is sick and in the hospital. If you could do it for all of them, what would you do? Well, i do this, well, then do it for one. Find one and do it. If you could, what would you do for every person who's recently lost his or her job? Well, i do this and i do that. Okay, do it for one, because there are people around you who've lost their job. What? Who is the one this Christmas? Choose the quiet place, listen carefully, do for one what you wish you could do for all. Be fully present for someone this year. Let's pray. Father, oh, we often hear it's the most wonderful time of the year and in so many different ways it is. Father, all the different things that we get a chance to do and the decorations and the kids singing and the presents and the parties and the music and all the things, it's just so fun. It's a wonderful time of the year, but often it is stressful. It's stressful. It's anxiety-ridden. We have people who are going through all kinds of different issues in their lives, and we sometimes get so wrapped up in all the things that we're doing. We miss the needs in other people's lives. Father, my prayer for Forest Park is that we will learn how to pull away from the crowds and get some rest. Even if it's just 10 to 15 minutes a day, or maybe it's one full morning on the weekend. We don't go anywhere. We don't do anything other than seclude ourselves sit in a chair, sit at a desk, be on the couch, open our Bible, spend time praying, thinking, reflecting, journaling, something to just reconnect with you and reconnect with ourselves. And then ask, what can I do for one person? And Father, imagine what would happen if hundreds of people who call Forest Park Church home did exactly that. We pulled away from all the busyness. We secluded ourselves in your presence. We reconnected with you and ourselves, and we walked out to meet the need of one person. Father, we would literally see life change. We would see incredible things happen. Speak to us during this season and help us be fully present, not just for you, but for at least one person. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus.